This is Stena. Thank you for tuning in to the Identity in Me podcast, or In Me for short. This is part two of my conversation with Nahin Jorge, who is the featured guest for the Hispanic Latinx and Me episode. This part of the conversation picks up where we left off in part one, where he began to talk about his passion for salsa. Definitely. So salsa is, is an important sort of piece for me. Um, as I mentioned, Cali, um, Colombia is known as uh, the salsa capital of the world. And, and the, uh, it has this long reach history with different salsa groups coming from New York, from Puerto Rico. Um, and it has developed its own unique style of salsa. Salsa has a unique story as well. I won't go into much depth, but it involves elements of mambo, of cha-cha, huanguanco, different history that sort of came together in New York City. And from there, it has expanded all around the world. So it's not only salsa for me, it's also um, merengue, bachata, uh, music from different Latin American countries that, um, you know, we see we see families sort of dance to um, at different events um, growing up. And so that's something that was sort of very, very unique um, to my experience. So when, when I arrived at, at Exeter, there was already a group called Los Salceros. Um, and I, I, I joined my, my prep year. In my lower year, I, I, um, I was named president of Los Salceros. Okay. And so um, I, we, we started, we would always perform uh, three, three times per year for dance assembly. Um, we would choreograph, we would come together on Sundays um, and always had either salsa or we would do a, a merengue or do a bachata performance. Um, and so this really was part of my identity on campus yeah. um, as a dancer. Um, at Yale, I, I, we, we continue, I continued dancing and there was a group called Sabrosura, which continues to, to exist at Yale and they, and they have performances all throughout the year. Um, and that's also was part of the, my experience. And what's great about dance is, is that it connects you with different, um, different members of the community. It allows you to express yourself um, and share that camaraderie that you have with, with members of, 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 the, of the dance community um, in, in, in the specific community. Um, and you were named president as a young student because what? Some people saw you dancing and were like, yo. That that <laughs> dude right there, he's got moves. Is that what happened? Yeah, so that's pretty much what happened. I, I sort of, um, I, I I remember sort of learning some steps the summer before I arrived yeah. at Exeter, incorporating those into sort of the performances my prep year, yeah. and coming up with the choreography for for a lot of the performances. And from there, like, yeah, you you have to sort of lead this, like, this is your thing, and 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 and, and I galvanized the, the group to to um to to dance and, and to come together, and so that that was really great. And and then in college, we had two choreographers from they were twins from Miami, um, and and they also did the choreography, and so it was nice when you were able to share different moves and um, different music styles with with a group. Yeah, you know, I've tried to learn salsa and I can get the steps down by myself. I look like I know what I'm doing. And then, you know, you put a person with me and it's like, eh, you know, I need <laughs> lessons uh, because the music's going. I'm paying attention to the person. It is beautiful to watch two people who can salsa like do their thing when they're in sync. Oh, my God. 
Um, and for me, going to um, concerts, and you could see the excitement as I'm talking about this. Oh, like, yes. I've, I've been to performances where, you know, they're on the congas and, you know, it, right. and the singing. It is magical uh, for me. Yeah, but I will say like a live salsa band. Oh, yeah. You have like that energy. And yep. there's a great style of salsa called rueda. Rueda means spent, which a, it means a circle. Yeah. Um, and there's a special type of salsa um, from Cuba and everyone is dancing in a circle, and there's a leader in that circle calling out different moves. And it's an improvisational mm. salsa. You think it's a performance. You think it's all choreographed, but it actually isn't. Yeah. It's happening on the spot, depending on the on 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 the on the signs that the leader is is um, is is, um, is asking everyone to perform. And sometimes because it gets so loud, people get so so you know so. Um, energized with the performances that each move has a hand signal. Yeah. And so you're always looking at the leader, seeing what hand signal they're, they're, they're asking the group. And then you're able to follow it because if they were to yell it, you wouldn't be able to hear it when everyone is sort of dancing and with all the music. <laughs> I, I would love to see that. We need to bring that sort of performance here. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll tell you what though. I can merengue though. I, there we go. Yeah, I can merengue. It's a lot like compa. You know, that's where yes. you see the fusion of cultures. It's the same cadence when you're dancing. Um, and so yeah, I'm okay with compa and really good with merengue, which is interesting. And merengue has, has a great way that it incorporate. you can incorporate different turns, yep. different moves, and still keep the cadence to the music. Um, uh yeah and that song um is so i mean it's a beautiful song but um it's like everybody knows suavemente so i'm sure it's like yeah that's yeah, that's all right it's not really man that's too pop um but these days you're the associate director of admissions and you coordinate multicultural recruitment how's that effort going so um i'm pl- i'm proud to see the um, uh, the great um, improvement that we have seen on campus in terms of the diversity of, of our student body since I, since I arrived. Um, we're definitely seeing um, students with different backgrounds, different cultural identities, uh, different languages, things that we're really mindful as we think about youth from every quarter to make sure that we have that representation on campus. But at the same time, it's not just about the numbers and sort of the representation, but how well students are able to um, to make Exeter their home. Yeah, that's something that's really real for me. I like I like to think about it. How are students making Exeter their home away from home? Um, and so I think those are the areas that we're working on as a community. The, the core um, core values project, you know, the the conversations that we're having on campus related to DEI is is making our community closer. We're building that trust. We're building that connection. Um, that we need to in order to be a, a strong community. But from the admission side, um, we have we have done an incredible job, and and I hope that we will continue to increase the diver- the diversity on campus. And why did you choose to come back to Phillips Exeter to be in admissions, to be a recruiter, and specifically to direct multicultural recruitment efforts? Definitely. So Exeter played such an important role in my life. Um, that I was attracted to this position. I started as an intern, um, you know, my first year interviewing, um, connecting with families, had the opportunity to do some travel and started noticing the difference that I was making 
in introducing Exeter to families, the, the, the relationship building with families. I, I have noticed that admissions is not just having sort of set talking points with families, but really having the opportunity to understand the family and the questions that they're asking, that gives you insight to sort of the hesitancy and um, some of the um, issues that they may be sort of having in terms of thinking about boarding school. And so I, I consider myself a, a really good listener. And as, as people start asking those questions, I start sort of providing that information for them in terms of what um, what what Exeter can and provided how Exeter can support students in their growth. Um, I grew up with my mom, you know, talking to me about the importance of education um, and how education opens doors for, for students in the future. And I thought I would, I would be able to change lives with the mm. work that I do, because as we know, our, the history of, of Exeter and other institutions has, hasn't always been open to, to folks of sort of our background. And so knowing that I'm in a position to change and to improve um, the experience for all on campus, is, it's, really, it's really powerful. Um, and that's something that I really value from, from my position um, here. And yeah, as I look around uh, campus this fall in particular, I see a lot more racial diversity on campus. And um, I think that has been the case the last several years. I mean, this is my fifth year here at the Academy and I've noted more and more um, students of color coming in, um, domestic students of color, and we bring in students from all over the world as well. Now, are your multicultural recruitment efforts international or are they more domestic? So most of the initiatives that we have focus on domestic outreach efforts. Um, We partner with different educational access programs um, that work with students and preparing them for, for a transition to independent schools. But at the same time, um, we also um, seek to have diversity from students who aren't part of such organizations. Um, and so our travels, of course, pre-COVID, um, that was our goal. We, we would be traveling to connect with students on the road, to present Exeter, to help them understand that Exeter is affordable, that any family that makes under $75,000 can come to Exeter and their their tuition will be fully covered. Um, And then to introduce and make that human connection, um, which is so important, especially when thinking about a new ninth grader with families letting go of 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 their child or their children. Um, and I've been in very unique locations uh, from New York, um, Los Angeles, Chicago, Brownsville, Texas. I mean, the, I've, I have unique stories in each one in terms of the students I've met. And they've, and many of some of them have had a chance to, to come to Exeter. And, and I see them on campus and they're making a great difference and, and, and they're growing and they're heading off to great colleges. And so for that, I feel very grateful to be part of that process. Yeah, yeah. And you also advise LAL on campus. Again, that's La Alianza Latina. You were a member as a student and now as an employee, um, you advise the club. And I just talked about the paint night that we um, collaborated on this past Saturday. And so you're doing really great work here, um, work that helps our students feel a sense of affirmation. Obviously, you're helping to 
bring more students to campus to diversify the community. And I'm wondering when you say that you came back to make a difference, to offer this opportunity or extend it to students who historically have not had this opportunity, ultimately, would you say that you feel fulfilled by this work? Definitely. Thank you so much, Dean Camillus. Definitely. It's it's fulfilling to see sort of the changes and and seeing the, the growth that happens over time from students who, who started. I interviewed them on the road at a public library and I've seen them become presidents, you know, presidents of the student council and heading off to some great universities. I mean, to see that growth, that transformation, that empowerment is really fulfilling. Um, I love working with students. Um, I really try to be positive, enthusiastic in the way I approach my work with students. Um, and, um, and that I think makes a big difference for them because as we all know, Exeter can be challenging. I remember sure, yeah. it as a student, um, but students have to you know, um, be supported by, by, by faculty who are going to be encouraging them um, you know, through those challenging times. And so that's the way I sort of see my work in, in the, on the admission side, but also with the work that I do with students on campus not only sort of empowering them, but connecting with them and making sure that they understand that there are, there are faculty and adults um, who are there to support them and try to build a family within this campus, whether it's a dorm, whether it's an affinity group or, or, or a team or a performing group, you're going to find your, your connection here on campus and, and empower themselves with all the opportunities that are available. Yeah. So for a number of years, for over a decade, I spearheaded uh, multicultural recruitment efforts um, and that spanned race. You know, oftentimes when you hear multicultural, we only think of race and ethnicity, but um, socioeconomic status was something that I had um, my eye on. And, you know, it's not so much just going into a school and talking to a group of students. It's empowering your colleagues um, and, and getting them to broaden their thinking about how to reach out to a, a diverse group of students um, and then thinking about how they experience the admissions pipeline and all of that. So, you know, even though I'm no longer in, in admissions, um, I still remember how intricate that work is and doing that work for Phillips Exeter Academy, I know is it, it's an honor to do it, but it's not as simple as, you know, walking into a school and saying, hey, we're Phillips Exeter Academy, apply, <laughs> and, you know, the rest is history. It's, it's not that simple. And so for that reason, I and the uh, rest of the OMA team here appreciate what you do. And even though you may not hear it from students, I know they're happy to have you as an ally in admissions and knowing that you're spreading the good word about uh, PEA all over the country and really all over the world. And so, again, thank you for your hard work. Thank you. I also want to share that I'm fortunate that we have a great team um, here in admissions, folks who, who understand the importance of multicultural work. They understand the, the, the complexity that it's not just about race, as you mentioned, socioeconomic status, educational attainment, um, geographic diversity, languages, it's uh, religious diversity, yep. all that sort of goes into comes into play as we're making those final decisions in February and as we're shaping the class. Um, we're really mindful and sort of trying to think about what, what are we doing you know, for, for our community by bringing a student in. 
um, you know, to into to the Exeter. There's some great students out there that unfortunately we can't bring to campus, yeah. but we're really mindful in having sort of different lenses as we start sort of shaping and diversifying the class. Yeah. And I'm just so fortunate to have some extraordinary colleagues with with decades of experience in admissions and also multicultural work as well. Yeah, you have a great team over there, um, I will say. Um, you're you're <laughs> fortunate to be working alongside them. So as we close out here, the parting question for you is, um, when's the next time you're going to get to um, go and get your salsa on? Um, I've been, um, I've had the, the pleasure of connecting with members of the of the Latinx community here in the area. And I'm finding myself being invited more and more to events, whether it's in Manchester and Portsmouth and Dover, outside of Boston. Um, I've been invited to different performances, different Latinx sort of uh, uh, events that incorporate dance. And so I think there was just one this last Saturday, I had the opportunity to attend after our paint night. Um, and there will be another one coming up soon, I think this weekend in Dover. Um, oh. And so I just received word about this this morning. Um, and so I continually seek different opportunities to connect with our community and, and get a little salsa on. You need to fill your soul. Yes. Yep. Mr. Jorge, thank you so much for your time. Um, I'm sure our audience learned a lot about you, and I want to let them know to keep their eyes peeled for some smooth-looking character riding around town on a <laughs> slick-looking motorcycle. Well, thank you so much, Dean Camillus. I really enjoyed our time together. Um, I hope when I see students around, please say hi on the paths. You know, it makes a big difference when, when you sort of say hi and, and you connect when you're walking around, you know, or in the dining hall. And that means a lot um, to, to the members of the community. And if I can be of support, if I can help guide, um, you know, any students out there, you know, you have my contact information. I interviewed many of you, so feel free to, to stop by the admissions office. You can always help us out with families who are visiting campus. Um, and we're, we're here for you as well. Each one bring one, meaning yes. each student can bring a student if you're willing to share your experience with others. Yes. Yep. Everyone's an ambassador on campus. <laughs> Absolutely. Naheen is an absolute asset on campus. As a graduate of Phillips Exeter Academy, he has a keen understanding of campus life and how to navigate the experience. He has been instrumental in diversifying the student body and providing support for some of those students when they enroll at the academy. His story also provides a clear example of how affinity groups and cultural clubs are enriching and affirming. I hope there were additional takeaways for you as you listen to this conversation. Until the next episode of In Me, keep reflecting. Identity and me. Identity and me.